Welcome to Build Basics, our free bite-sized lessons in the very basics of podcasting. The idea of this talk is very simple. I'm going to give you some advice in order to help you become a podcast reviewer. But before we get started, I do need to be clear about something in order not to waste your time. I alone cannot teach you how to write about podcasts. I certainly can't teach you to write interestingly and engagingly about them in just 15 or 20 minutes. Because while clearly it's not brain surgery, being a critic requires a particular temperament and personality, as well as certain existing skills. You need a level of passion, perhaps even obsessiveness, which those who don't feel the same way often find pretty weird. So first of all, have a think about the kind of person you are and the way you think when approaching audio, or indeed any medium in the arts. When you hear some great audio, are you the kind of person that needs to tell others about it? Do your family and friends' eyes glaze over when you enthuse wildly about this new narrative documentary that you listened to last night and has completely blown your mind? Do you have to fight the impulse to locate said documentary on your friends' phones for them and then demand that they listen, like, right now so that you can talk about it? And, at the same time, do poor standards make you improbably and perhaps unreasonably frustrated? Do you instantly think about how things could have been done differently? Do you have a mental Rolodex of other podcasts that did do it differently and therefore succeeded where this one didn't? Are you and I mean this kindly, incapable of keeping your opinions to yourself. Because if this sounds like you, then we're definitely getting somewhere. There is another requirement for being a reviewer, and that's being a decent writer. Now, for some people, it will come naturally, and for others, it will take work and practice, but with perseverance, it can be done. And there are, of course, some for whom it will be forever painful and self-conscious making, and ultimately, impossible. But, if you think you have the kernel of some writing talent and you wish to persevere, then great. What I will say is that you will never be a good writer unless you read. And I mean a lot. That way, you will know good, clear, original writing when you come across it, and when you write it yourself. Because to be a good reviewer who writes with clarity and integrity, you have to read other people's work. You need to read actively rather than passively. You need to observe and note down, if necessary, how different pieces of writing are structured and to understand the thought processes that the writer has been through and the methods they have used to make it comprehensible to the reader. If you do this, I know that you can turn yourself from an adequate writer into a good one. I know this because that is how I did it. I should add that I'm not the first person to say this. One of the greatest people on the subject of writing is Stephen King. Yes, that's Stephen King. His book, called On Writing, is not a horror story, but a firm and rather brilliant manual to help you find ways to be and do better as a writer. He writes, and I quote, If you want to be a writer, you must do two things above all others, read a lot and write a lot. There's no way around these two things. Constant reading will pull you into a place where you can write eagerly and without self-consciousness. It also offers you a constantly growing knowledge of what has been done and what hasn't, what is trite and what is fresh, what works and what just lies there dying or dead on the page. The more you read, the less apt you are to make a fool of yourself. 
This leads me conveniently to my last bit of advice before we get into the nuts and bolts of reviewing. And it may seem obvious to some, but it's to just do it. Writers are the most amazing procrastinators. Truly, for us, it's an Olympic sport. I can sit there with a pile of writing assignments and then notice that the desk could do with a tidy and, oh look, there's a cobweb on the ceiling that needs to be dealt with right now. If this is a problem for you, and I promise you it's a problem for all of us, then I would again refer you to Stephen King's On Writing. His message, when you really boil it down, is simple. Just get on with it. That book is honestly the best kick up the butt a writer can get. And so, to writing reviews. Let me first deal with some misapprehensions about how you should approach them. One is that a review is purely about what you think about a piece of work. Well, yes it is, but also, no, it's not. Opinion is important, but it's no means at the top of the list of crucial things that you need to talk about. Yes, it is good to say whether you liked the work, but a lot of other information needs to come first before a reader can glean why that even matters. Another misapprehension is that you must state definitively whether the work is good or bad. Well, sometimes you can do that, but I'd say 75% of the time, it's a whole lot murkier than that. There is a vast amount of ground between atrocious and unlistable and the astonishingly brilliant, and that's the terrain through which you'll most commonly be trudging. Most of the time, you will find yourself having to expand on notions of mm, quite good or okay and not as bad as you expected. For instance, you may love the host of a particular podcast, but feel ambivalent about the production. You might find the sound design is amazing, but you may despair at the cliches in the script. You might think the subject is old hat, but nonetheless be presently surprised about how it is handled, and so on. The next is not so much a misapprehension as a vital tip, and that is, know your readers. You can't write for them if you don't know who they are. Every publication or media outlet has a clear sense of who they are catering to, and your duty as a writer is to know that. If you are writing podcast reviews for, say, Hello magazine, they are going to have considerably different listening tastes than those who read The New Statesman. Now, without wanting to stereotype, I'm going to take a punt that the readers of Hello might be quite into podcasts made by celebrities in which they interview their celebrity mates, more so, say, than readers of The New Statesman. So it's a question worth asking. Who are your readers? What are their ages? What is their ethnicity and background? What are their interests? What are their political persuasions? Are they well-to-do or low or middle income? How much time do they devote to podcasts and to the other arts mediums? What might be their pre-existing knowledge of this thing that you are writing about? Now, a lot of that information to you as the freelancer working in your pyjamas at home will have, you'll have little access to, but it's worth asking your editor when you have one. Most publications have a reader profile which will help you make decisions about the tone of your writing and the kind of podcast that will be worth covering. For podcasts, I cater particularly to the FT reader who is interested in the world of work and might well commute and travel. They are reasonably affluent, many will have children, and they will broadly be liberal in their views and engaged with politics. Crucially, they are also spread all over the world. So, the daft joke that I crack in my column may well fly in London and Manchester, but it might leave readers in New York and Madrid and Melbourne absolutely baffled. In short, I have had to learn not to alienate my readers with crap jokes. Next, when specifically approaching reviews, you need to work out what you think. 
obviously. But this isn't always as easy as it sounds, because sometimes you might struggle to articulate that until you have a conversation with someone about what you have just listened to. A good exercise for novices before you start writing is to talk in detail to a friend about a piece of audio. Start by picking a piece of audio that you really love, perhaps one that lasts no longer than 10 minutes, and play it to that person. Then tell them why you like it. It's actually a lot harder to pinpoint why you like something than why you hate it. There can be no flaccid or self-indulgent praise. I just really love it, or it just moves me. At every turn, you need to justify your opinions. Perhaps even record yourself doing this and then go back and listen and basically review your review. So now you're ready to write your review. You've listened to the podcast, obviously, and jotted down your thoughts as they occurred. Maybe you've studied the transcript if there is one. And, as an aside, not a week goes by that I don't drop to my knees and thank the person that transcribed the podcast and put it online for everyone to access. Now, there are certain things that you need to tell the reader. In news reporting, there's a series of questions that all reporters need to address. They are who, what, where, when and how. In any review, you will need to tackle these. Who, who is the podcast hosted by and who, if necessary, is it about? Where, where is the podcast set or where are its creators from? When, is this a current story or a rehashed old one? And how, how is the story conveyed? All this will contextualise your review and give a sense of why you are talking about it right now. Research is also very important. In the same way that if you are writing a film review where you'd need to be at least familiar with the director's work or that of the actors, you also need to research the podcast's creative team. I'm soon to write, for instance, on a podcast by the author and journalist John Ronson, and I've written on a couple of his podcasts before. I'm also aware of his journalism and of the books that he's written on fringe politics and science and social media and concepts of taboo and shame. I haven't yet listened to this series, so I don't know what it's about, but I will make a point of considering how its subjects are connected to all the work that he has done up until this point. And so, in examining your podcasts, you have to think, have the person or people behind it done anything of note before? What traditions are they or have they worked in? Is this latest project connected to their other work, or are they specialists in a particular subject? And what is the host's or narrator's background? Who is their community? What are they trying to convey? These things are to be considered on a case-by-case basis. Not all of them will loom large in the work and in your review, but they should always be at the back of your mind. You might also consider the whole experience of listening. How does it make you feel? Was it funny? Was it poignant? Was it upsetting? Is the style lyrical or poetic even? Or maybe it's informal or very chatty? In some instances, you might like to talk about what the production is like. How does it emphasise what's being said? How does it create an atmosphere? How does the sound design affect the listener's whole experience? It is useful, too, when making any type of observation, whether on the production or the content, and your response to it, to take the thought one step further and ask the question, why? Why have they made that decision? Why did I feel that way? This will help to give your review much-needed depth. Then think about your own outlook and value system and how it's influenced your response. Assess your own critical perspective. But in all this agonising over the theme, the tone, the production, the perspective and your feelings, you can risk forgetting one crucial factor and that is the readers. You are writing for them. 
you are helping them wade through the content mountain and helping them decide on what they should and shouldn't listen to. And in order to do that effectively, they need to want to read to the end of your review. So, how do you ensure that they do that? Well, it's quite straightforward, really. Don't be boring. It's possible to be the most thorough and learned of reviewers while sending your readers into a coma. This is not good. Your writing needs to sparkle. Your points must be clear. And, like the podcast itself, you need to create a clear narrative which carries the readers through your analysis without drowning them in turgid words and sentences. And so, at the top of any reviewer's checklist should be a decent introduction. The first line or lines is everything. It doesn't have to be high art, but it does have to be arresting. If, say, you were writing about the latest Louis Theroux podcast, think about how you wouldn't start. You wouldn't want to give away your opinions immediately and say something like, I really love or I really loathe this podcast because... Neither would you start like a Wikipedia entry. Louis Theroux is a filmmaker and journalist who was born and raised in London, etc. You would never draw the reader in that way. Instead, you might want to share a spicy quote from one of his interviews or a moment where he becomes tongue-tied. Or you might wish to start boldly with a thought about why he, of all people, is making a podcast. Hint, the country was in lockdown when he started his podcast and he had nothing better to do. If it's a true crime podcast, then you might want to start with the crime itself. Or if it's a political scandal, you might want to find the most scandalous bit and put that at the top. Also on your checklist, you need to make sure you do some scene setting. So tell us the story around that arresting intro, if there is one, or the format in which the podcast is functioning. And after that, we will need some context and background. And this is where your research comes in, and you tell us who is making the podcast, and what they've done before, and perhaps why the subject itself is topical. If, say, your theme is Afghanistan and the return of the Taliban, then you will need to include a few lines to remind people what has happened in the last few months and what life is like for Afghans now. That itself will explain why that podcast has arrived right now, in this moment. But at the same time, you need to be careful not to over-explain and not to plunder too deeply from the podcast. One of the high-wire acts that a reviewer must negotiate is providing enough information to make the reader want to listen to the podcast, but not saying so much that it makes listening wholly redundant. Once all that is out there, then we are ready for your opinion. This opinion must be imparted in good humour without whining or grumpiness. Anger should be reserved only for outrageous or offensive content. And remember that if you are forever heaping praise on podcasts, few will take your opinion seriously and you'll be seen as a cheerleader. But that also applies to being negative. So on this front, you must choose your podcasts wisely. Some other pointers? Avoid cliches like the plague. See what I did there? That was a cliche. But no, seriously, you only learn about cliches by reading cliches. So read lots and then work out which phrases are overused. Being funny is good, but overdo it and you will mortify your reader. Remember, this is not about you. Never use 15 words when you can use five. You need to be a fierce editor of your own work. Always remember to build a narrative around your thoughts and opinions. Ask yourself over and over again, what is my point here? And more broadly, finally, think about why you want to do this job. As I said before, a degree of obsessiveness is good. 
If you are going to turn your listening habits into a career, then you need to be sure that you have the appetite to listen to and dissect and elevate podcasts on a weekly basis. If that in itself seems like an excellent thing to do, rather than a tiresome one, then you will find that this is the best job in the world. Thanks for listening to this Build Basic. Ready for a more substantial lesson? With a Build subscription, you'll have access to masterclasses made and taught by industry professionals across five pillars. Personal development, business, marketing, production, and storytelling. Head over to the Build channel on Apple Podcasts. Just £3.99 a month will give you access to all the lessons with new classes added monthly.